Welcome back to Just Scrap Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Shelton. Episode 40 ahead of UFC 263. We got a really stacked lineup for you. We're first going to be joined by one half of the co-main event and Brandon Moreno to preview his flyweight title fight rematch against Davidson Figueroa. Obviously, they fought at UFC 256. It was a majority draw, one of the best fights of 2020. They're running it back now. So I talked to Brandon about kind of now having a full camp to prepare for Figueroa and what kind of changes now that he knows the power, if his game plan is going to change. But really good stuff from Brandon. We're next going to be joined by Eric Anders to preview his uh, re- also a rematch against Darren Stewart. They're actually going up to 205. Remember, they fought at middleweight just a few, uh, just a couple of weeks back, back in uh, back in March 13th, that one card. And Anders dropped him early. It was looking good for Anders. And then he threw that knee to the ground opponent. Stewart said he couldn't continue. It was ruled a no contest. Now they're rematching at light heavyweight. So I kind of talk about why that's happening and, and what he kind of takes away from the first fight entering the rematch. And after that, we're going to be joined by Matt Frivola to preview his fight against Frank Camacho. This should be a really entertaining fight for as long lasts. Both Frivola and Camacho have fighting power. Um, Frivola, I also talked about his full fight on experience. Remember, he was supposed to fight Amin and Zaytar. Then Wayne's happened and Zaytar's out for sneaking people in. And, and then he ends up fighting Armin Sarukin at UFC 257. Like it, all those circumstances. So Definitely a weird one for Bolo's looking to get back in the win column. We also touched on his brother. Uh, picked up a win on a, at Barstool Sports' his rough and rowdy recently as his uh, bachelor party. So uh, w- that was a funny part of the chat, but good stuff from Matt. We're then going to be joined by Steven Peterson to preview his big fight against Chase Hooper. Steven's a guy that I talked to for quite some time, making his return. Remember, he hasn't fought since last September, or September 2019, sorry, when he had that beautiful spinning back fist K over Martin Bravo. He had a fight book in February and uh, he had a fight book in February of 2020, had to pull out and a fight book in February 2021, had to pull out just because of due to some injuries, but he's fully healthy now and he thinks he can go out there and knock out Chase Hooper. And with then we then close things out talking to Frank Camacho to preview his fight against uh, Matt Fervola. Frank knows this is a do or die for his UFC career. He's got to win this. He's going to stay in the UFC and he feels really confident he can land that KO shot and, and get a highlight real win. But thank you all for listening. Be sure to tune in every week for a new episode. And be sure to share the show and subscribe and thank you. Let's go. All right, we're joined by All right, we're joined by the uh, UFC flyweight title challenger once again, Brandon Moreno. Brandon man, how's it going? Hey man, nice to talk with you again, bro. Thanks for the space again too. Yeah, no worries. Obviously rematching Davidson Figueredo, but we gotta talk about that first fight again. Obviously, the quick turnaround, the draw, like now that you have a full camp, like what do you take away from that first fight now that you've had time to really look back on it? Um, obviously, you know, I, I saw the fight and we, uh, we, uh, me and my team, we saw like a few mistakes in the first fight. But even with that, we think we make an, a really good uh, work in that fight, you know. Obviously, Figueredo, he's a really tough op- opponent. He's real. That's why he's the champion. But I feel comfortable with this rematch because I feel, you know, stronger than ever and faster than ever. My body feels so different. The game plan goes well. In the, you know, in the training sessions, I, I feel like a, like another athlete. So, man, I, I'm ready for this rematch. and I'm excited to... And with Figueredo too, like everyone kind of wondered what his cardio would be like if he got him past those second and third rounds. And now that he went five, like, it, it, do you still think he he fades as the fight goes on? Depends, you know. I mean, 
puts a lot of weight, you know, he's a huge, huge 125er. Um, that can affect in his performance, you know, about his cardio, about his resistance. Uh, maybe he he make an, uh, some adjustment for this fight and uh, put his weight a, a little bit um, lower than the other fights. So we'll see. At least for me, I'm working so hard in my conditioning too. Uh, I'm no the the fifth round was hard for for us, at least for me. So I'm trying to make to make an, a better pace in that fifth fight, if it's necessary. If it's necessary, but obviously I, I want to fuck this guy in the first round. Your arm was hurt too in that first fight. How much of an impact do you think that had on the fight? Uh, I mean, too much, you know. Actually, in the fifth round, I'm, I was trying to pick my, my better shots because my shoulder in that moment, so definitely that affect in my performance. But obviously everything is just about excuses. I need to I need to fight again and show my my skills and be the next champion. Everyone kind of talked about Figueredo's power of how he knocks out everyone. Now that you've kind of felt that power for 25 minutes, is this something where you can go and strike with them and feel confident striking with them? Actually, that part of the fight will be uh, very important. You know, the first fight was very careful about his power, you know, because everybody was talking about him like he's very powerful, he's a bully, he's a grave all this stuff, but, you know, I fought against him, I really felt his power, and I really, I, I can tell you, brother, he's a human being, just like, like you and me, you know, he go to the bathroom, just like you and me, so, I got so, so much confidence with the last fight, and I know I can be aggressive too, I, I can put a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, pressure too, so this fight will be interesting in that part. Do you expect to wrestle him at any point in the fight, or do you think it's going to be mostly on the feet? For me, the the, the wrestling, the grappling, the grappling is always there. Figueredo is good; he has good reaction with the submissions. We saw that with, for example, um, Alex Perez with the guillotine. He has good reaction, but. It's a, you know, it's a regular jiu-jitsu. He doesn't have too much uh, wrestling. Maybe he's working on that for this fight. I don't know, but I'm prepared for that if it's necessary. How do you see this fight playing out? Because obviously the first fight was a back and forth, one of the best fights of the year. You both showed off your durability. Like it's going to be hard for either of you guys to put each other out. I need to be a, a bully too. I need to be aggressive. I need to put pressure. Um, and that's it, you know, I, it's, it's, the game plan is, is maybe pretty similar than the first fight. Uh, I need to take care, obviously, of his power, but at the same time, I need to get confidence on me, on my own skills, uh, on my own powers, obviously. What would it mean for you to become the UFC champ, the first, what, 100% Mexican UFC champ? Man everything you know everything when i started this sport everything was you know just to get some fun but now it's my life and it's not just for me it's for my family in, in, 
I mean, with this last fight, everything changed. And imagine if I get the title now, so I need to warm that. So I really want to be the next flyweight champion of the world. Do you expect, like, do you think you're going to be able to finish Davison, or do you think this fight's probably going to go the distance again? I don't know, man. He's very durable. That is true. He's very durable. He, um, I, I'm always trying to finish the fight, but in this level, it's too hard to finish the other guys but because the level is very high. So, you know, I'm just trying to, to, to be the best, uh, the best uh, version of myself. I'm trying, obviously, to finish the fight, but you never know. Fighting in front of the fans again, like how different will that be now that you uh, got the full crowd back? Man, I'm excited. I'm very excited because you know what? I fall in, in, in Arizona before. Actually, uh, before to go to the UFC, uh, I fall in Arizona like uh, five times in a row uh, in, in a local promotion there, WFF. So I have fans there, a fan base there. I know a lot of people there. So I'm excited, you know, for that. And the people, again, going to the arena. You know, the people right now, I'm more excited than ever, you know, because they are very hungry to do to, to, uh, live uh, sports. Uh, the with uh, the fight in Arizona, it's obviously the thirty foot octagon. Back to the big one, you fought in the small one, in the apex. Like, how do you think that's going to change the fight? Good question, brother. I don't know. Maybe, maybe help me. You know, because I, I I think I have a better a better footwork, so I can use better angles and use more the, the space. And um, Figueredo is a little bit more. It's a little bit more um slow, slower slowly so that made me can, can help me in this help me in this fight you kind of mentioned it like davison's kind of a bully in there he likes being the guy that's pressuring so is part of the game plan to pressure him and see how good he fights off his back foot because no one ever really walks down davison he's always the guy walking his opponent down that that happens because because the people respect too much his power but again I felt his power before in the last fight, and you know, yes, he's very powerful. But it's a, it's a normal power, you know. It's nothing out of this world. So, man, I need to be aggressive with him, you know, make make him feel uncomfortable. So I can do that. I I really believe I can do that. How many times have you watched the first fight? Man, I don't know, like five. 10, 100, a lot, man, to be honest, a lot, a lot of times. Is there certain things you've kind of found what Davison has like tendencies to do that you think you can kind of exploit in this fight? Yes, maybe. Yes. I mean, again, the, the guy's real, brother. The guy is a real athlete, you know, uh, he's powerful. Yes. Uh, that's why he's a champion, but he has a lot of mistakes. He has a lot of mistakes, and I can take advantage of that. How much stock do you put in the first fight? Because uh, in, from my point of view, I don't think either of you guys were at your best that night just because you just fought in November. You had back-to-back -back weight cuts. Like I expect you guys to be both a lot better in this time around. Yes, man. You know, everything was hard for... I know, I know not just for me. I mean, I know it was hard for 
Figueredo too. That's why I think this fight can be awesome. The last fight, I mean, was crazy, you know, like a hard, a really hard pace with, between uh, him and I. And at least for me, I'm just trying to be uh, the better version of myself. And and, and that said, uh, a lot of a lot of different things with the game plan. But it is what it is. I'm I'm waiting for a better version of Figueiredo too. That's true. But man, I need to wait for a better version of myself too. I was looking at your record. It's almost uh, two years ago to the date you fought June 7th when you won the LFA belt. Like, if I were to tell you after that day, like nearly two years later, you're going to be fighting for the UFC belt, like, would you have believed that? Man, what a journey. What a journey I, I have. You know, this life is a roller coaster. I always uh, say that. Um, you know, a lot of good moments, a lot of bad moments. But it's part of the life. It's part of the never, never give up. Always go forward. And in that moment, I, I remember the fight in LFA. I just wanted to to win a fight again. You know, I, I before before that fight, I lost against Pantoja and Sergio Perez. And I just wanted to to fight and win again. And when I beat um, this, I, I I forget the name of the uh, uh, Michael McCall Michael Perez. Michael Perez, when I fought with him and I get the victory, everything was I feeling better in the in the correct way again. So I know, man, it's a it's a crazy journey. You never know. Maybe I can I can write a, a book of my history. You never know. What's it like for you to be a part of this card? Like you're the co-main event. You have Adesanya fighting in the main event. You have Nate Diaz the fight before you. Like this is gonna be one of the bigger cards they put on. Man, I'm you know everything is special. Um, we have uh, Adesanya against Vettori in the main event, an amazing fight. You know, uh, Adesanya this amazing uh, a striker, awesome striking a striker. We have Marvin Vettori, always the underdog, but but always winning the, his fights, beating his opponents. And we go to Gelendel with a full arena, you know, with a lot of with all the crowd again. Um, you you can you can see the last uh, the last uh, pay per view events you know uh, UFC one sixty one and and sixty two and the people was crazy in that moment so I'm I'm waiting for that and I'm excited to 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 live that moment. You're about a similar underdog to what you were in the first fight. You're two fifty the first fight. You're about two hundred two twenty this time around. Does that surprise you? Never. No, this time, you know, and uh, I feel actually very comfortable doing, be, being the underdog. I understand. I understand. You know, I'm look like a, like a, like a little kid, like a skinny kid, a skinny Mexican kid, and it's fine. You know, I feel very comfortable now with that. Do you kind of feel like you're gonna have to beat Davison twice? Like if you beat him, you're gonna run it back again for the trilogy. Maybe depends. Depends what happened in the in the next one, because if I beat this guy in the first round, like I knock him out badly, maybe the the UFC want to make another different fight. But it, if the fight is a a ward again, yeah, is the the trilogy can be very possible. 
if you beat Davidson, like who do you think that first title defense would be? Because he's obviously an option. You have Askar Askarov out there. Like, is that kind of the guy you think would be next in line? Yes, Askar Askarov is the next in line, definitely. You never know with the UFC because Cody Garbrandt is always there. You know, he has an important fight this weekend against Rod Font, and it's a hard fight. I think he can lose that fight, actually. So you never know. I think the next on the line is Askarov, but, but we'll see. Just last thing, Dana White wraps the belt around your waist. Like, What would those emotions be like for you? Man, I can't wait for that moment, you know. I mean, I, I can make a plan of everything, you know, but you never you never know what really happened in that moment. So I just want to get the, uh, I'm just want to beat this guy. I just want to get the title and whatever happened after that, I don't care, you know. All right, well, Brandon, man, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks for doing this again. Man, thank you so much, brother. Thanks for your time again too. Yeah. All right, we're joined by, I guess, UFC light heavyweight now. Like, uh, get a middleweight, bit of light heavyweight, Eric Anders. How's it going? Man, you know, I get in where I fit in, middleweight, light heavyweight. Um, you know, I don't even think I'd be opposed to taking a heavyweight fight if the opportunity uh, was right. Oh, obviously, the first Darren Sewer fight, like, uh, you heard him pretty bad. The knee happened. Like, after that, when it was a no contest, did you kind of think you guys would run it back right away? Um, I didn't know, you know. Um, uh, really didn't matter to me. You know, I think it's, uh, it was pretty clear who was winning that fight. And, uh, you know, it's not like, you know, if that knee happens in the first minute of the fight, you know, Darren takes as much time as he needs to recover. And then, you know, we continue fighting. But, you know, kind of because of that, that onslaught that was ensuing, um, you know, he wasn't going to be coherent enough to answer any questions or, um, you know, do any kind of protocol anyway. So, you know, um, you know, I, don't, I really don't lobby for fights or whatever, you know, it's just kind of whoever they give me. They said they wanted to run it back. And, uh, you know, it was Darren's choice to do it at 205. So, you know, I, I felt, uh, okay, whatever. Oh, so it wasn't your choice. I thought it would have been kind of a bit of both of you guys wanted 205. Nah, hell no. Nah. You know, I, I prefer middleweight. Um, especially after that last cut, it was it was so good for me. And, uh, you know, I just think that I could have done that again just as easily. So, but, uh, you know, even after we signed the contracts, he came back and said he wanted to fight at 205. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I, I'm not sure what his rhyme or reason or rationale was for that. But, uh, you know, if he thinks that's going to help him win or you know, make it a better fight, then okay, you know, whatever. Do you think it's kind of maybe to add some strength because maybe his game plan is now try to wrestle you and he wants some extra size on him? Um, man, man to be honest, I think that uh, when guys go up in weight, especially he's fighting another middleweight at, at 205, you know, I think he'll be more durable, um, to be honest. You know, I think that, you know, maybe the weight cut does take a toll on him, and, you know, whatever. I don't, like I said, I don't know. I don't know how big he is, how big he gets, or how much he weighs or how much he has to cut or anything like that. I just know that, uh, you know, June 12th, we're going to show up at 205 and, uh, you know, let him ride kind of like we did the first time. But, you know, maybe he thinks that, 
he'll have a strength advantage. Um, but, but, you know, I, I think for sure, outside of all that, I think he'll be more durable. You know, I, I don't think I'll drop him as easy, but uh, I don't know if his cardio will be, you know, better or worse. So, you know, um, I'm sure it's a double-edged sword. There's pros and cons to, to moving up and wait for him. But, uh, you know, I think it's his best possible chance to, to win and, you know, whatever. And this fight only got announced about, like, a month out, but it, I heard you had a lot more notice. Like, when did you kind of find out about this fight? Oh, man, I, I've been out here in Arizona training for this fight for, you know, four or five weeks already. So uh, I think when it, you know, come fight night, I would have been, I would, you know, I would have known about this for about eight, nine weeks. So I guess Middle East wasn't out of the picture then, because I, I thought that's part of the reason why was just because it was like a – a month notice fight, but if you had a full camp, like you both could have made middleweight. No, nah, we we both signed to fight at middleweight, and then he came back and said he wanted to fight at 205. And, um, I'm like, all right, whatever. Hey, um, obviously, this was your the last fight was your first like real training camp at Fight Ready. Now, then getting your second one, how much different like is the training camp given you're just preparing for the same guy? Like, are you is it the same stuff you're doing the first time around? Um, I'll add more wrinkles, you know, if you thought that, uh, you know, that I looked good in the last fight, you know, with the, you know, the, the progression of my, in my fighting style and the, and the way I do things, then, you know, just wait till June 12th because, man, just adding on and, and doing more, you know, with, with nine more weeks and really only had like a month off. So, you know, just kind of let some things heal up and, uh, you know, so I've basically been in camp for, you know. We're in May, so for four out of the five months of this year. So, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to June 12th. Well, Walt's fighting the week before you. Are you going to head down to Alabama for a bit and help him out, or are you just only stay in Arizona? No, I'm staying in Arizona. I think he's in uh, in Las Vegas training at Extreme, getting ready for this fight. So I know Eric Nixick will have, you know, have him prepared and, and ready for battle. Obviously, the first fight, I think everyone kind of knew the way it was going. Like, it was getting close to that first-round knockout. Is that kind of how you see this fight playing out this time around? Or do you think with 205, like, he's going to be a bit more durable and take some of those shots? Um, Man, you know, like I said, I think he'll be more durable. So, um, But, you know, I, I hit way harder at 205. Man, there's a lot more mass coming behind these punches. And I don't really think that, like, my, my speed drops off that much or – you know, my cardio falters. So, um, man, I, I do look to set a high pace um, and, uh, you know, see if he'll melt. Yeah, I was looking. His uh, uh, first two UFC fights were at light heavyweight, and he uh, had no contest, and he lost one of them. But do you not think you're going to have a bit of advantage at light heavyweight just because you fought there more recently? You know, kind of what your cardio is like? Because carrying an extra 20 pounds, like it must kind of impact your cardio and how you have to push the pace. Yeah, sure. Um, but also, I'm just a naturally bigger dude. So, um, you know, I, I think fighting at 205 is going to hinder him more than it's going to help him. Um, you know, outside of being more durable, it's not really going to matter if you're not answering shots, you know, how durable you are, you know. So, um, like I said, I think it favors me fighting at 205 more so than his, you know. I'm taller, wider, longer, um, a naturally heavier guy. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure what, what, what he, why he wants to fight at 205. Maybe 
like I said, maybe it'll be a more competitive fight. I don't know, but you know, I'm, I'm looking to go out there and do exactly what I did the first time. And this card sold out in Arizona. Like, what's that gonna be like fighting back in front of the fans? Oh my goodness! I just came back from uh, I, I just landed back from Houston, and uh, you know, went to the fights. You know, this past weekend, Chandler versus Oliveira. And man, just the energy of the crowd, man. You can see the as soon as one saw the shot lands, and you know these guys, you know the crowds, ooh, ah, uh, you know the, the the pace of the fight and the intensity of the fight picks up. You know the fighters hear that and that that energy, you know, from the crowd. You know, I don't, I don't know what the best like uh, way to describe it, but man, it makes them, you know, fight harder. It makes. You know, they, they start beating each other up more, yeah. you know, my kind of fight. So I really look forward to the, to the crowd, the energy of the crowd, to hearing the crowd, and to uh, go out there and get my hand raised on the 12th. And the fight being in Arizona, how much benefit is that to you where you're not going on this long flight? Is, are you even just driving there, or do you have to take a short flight? No, I think Glendale's like 10 miles down the road. So oh, so that's yeah, real nice. driving. So, yeah, it, it'll be pretty much a home game for me, and uh you know, I'm not from Arizona, but, you know, like I said, I uh, live out here half the year. If I fight three times a year, I'm out here for two months at a time. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure the, the crowd will be behind me. Him being from, from Britain, from London, you know, from, from the U.K., wherever he's from, uh, I'm sure will have an ad added impact to the, to the fight. Uh, are you going to get the UFC and Buffer to say you're training at Arizona to get that little crowd pop going? Yeah, man, I got to. Absolutely. Um, you know, one thing I will say is, like, I think we're on the prelims because the, you know, the main card is pretty right. stacked card. Right. Um, so I'm not sure how many people will be there or where we'll be at on, on the prelims or how many people will be there. But uh, and even if there's three people in the crowd, I look to have them on my side. So we'll see. Well, that's actually what I want to touch on next. Like, what's it like for you to be on this card? You've been on some big cards before. You've headlined a couple cards, but, like, this one, two title fights, like Nate Diaz is on the card. Like, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on it. Oh, man. As soon as I'm done fighting, I'm going to go back to the hotel, shower change, and head right back to the arena, grab a beer, and sit down next to my wife and, uh, you know, enjoy the rest of the night of fights. Uh, just a couple more things. What do you think a win over Darren does for you? I assume, obviously, you're playing back down to middleweight after this one. Um, Man, I don't know. You know, if they ask me to fight at uh, 205, I'll do that. No problem. Um, but... You know, it just kind of starts the streak, you know. Um, I really haven't put together too many wins in a row, to be honest, uh, like heavyweight or middleweight. So, you know, I'll win one, lose one, win two, lose two, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, um, I think a consistent winning streak uh, is what I need. And, uh, you know, a, a win over Darren, I'm not really sure what it does for me, but you know, it gets me both my checks and, uh, you know, more, more money that I can invest, you know, for the future. So, you know, that's what I'm looking at right now. And then, you know, you put two or three together, three or four together, you know, you're in that top 15, you know, you're fighting to get in that top 15, top 10 kind of thing. So, you know, this is just, uh, you know, the starting point kind of, kind of thing. Do you really care who's next or is it just whoever the UFC offers you and you just sign the contract? Um, not really, you know, I just, I thoroughly enjoy fighting. I love the sport. I love the training. I love everything. I love the mindset. So, you know, and I love the challenge. So, you know, I'm sure whoever they give you next, it'll be a, be a challenge. And, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, up, I'm up for it. You'll already be two fights in uh, this year, halfway through the year. Are you hoping to get another two and get four this year, especially after just one fight last year? Um, I think one more would be good, you know. Um, you know, I think uh, early November, late October would be would be great. You know, give me some time to rest. We're going on vacation, you know, right after this fight. So, you know, let me enjoy the summer with the family and, uh, you know, I'll be back to it in the fall and winter. With the crowd, like, are you worried about, like, an adrenaline dump? Because, like, you even seen in the past, like, the Jacksonville card, the, the first fight of the night where that one girl thought she had to finish, just kind of the crowd was going behind. She just dumped all her energy out and just had nothing in the second. Um, I mean, I'm going to do that anyways. If I get you hurt like that girl had her hurt, now nah, I'm not really going to pull off the reins. And, man, if you survive, then, you know, then, then you survive. But uh, if I get you hurt, I'm trying to get you out of there. And uh, crowd or no crowd, that's just the way it is. And just last thing, like, what's kind of this past year and a half been for you? Because you only had that one fight against Jocko. Like, we talked about it. You weren't too happy with your performance. And then – you get the fight against Stewart. It just ends like that with the illegal knee and, and a no contest. Um, you know, it's kind of frustrating, but, uh, you know, I'm a kind of the glasses half full, you know, kind of thing. I think that's a, I've showed a lot of, you know, progression, you know, from Jocko to, to Stewart. Um, that I look faster, that I, you know, aesthetically and physically, I look the best I've ever looked. Felt the best I ever felt. Um, I was fighting pretty good until, uh, you know, I need him. But, uh, you know, that's just part of the game. So, you know, I just kind of want to build on that, keep it moving forward, keep, you know, keep the, you know, the steady rise. So, um, if you thought I looked good the last fight, I'm looking better this fight. Well, actually, just one other thing, too, is when this fight, too, obviously, you rematch Stewart. The first time you guys fought, you were like this big underdog, and now you're the big favorite this time around. So, obviously, uh, Vegas thinks you're going to win. Last time I looked, we were even, so I don't know what's the odds now. When I may open, they opened you as a favorite. I'll check, right? Um, yeah, you're minus 150 right now. Oh, uh, I mean. And when you guys fought last time, you were plus 160. So, yeah, it just basically flipped completely. Yeah, um, I, I really don't know how they make those odds. You know, I was, I was kind of glad I was the underdog uh, for that fight. You know, I thought that, uh, some people would make some money. But, uh, you know, I kind of fucked everybody's money <laughs> up a little bit. So, you know, uh, just remember when you bet on me, you owe me 10%. You know, yeah. Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, I got it all, Apple Pay, all <laughs> that. So, uh, you know, when, when you watch this and, and you place that bet, 10%. Yeah, I think that's what it should be. Or if they see you, they got to buy you a beer at the fight after. Oh, yeah, that, that's automatic. That's <laughs> automatic. All right, well, Eric, man, I appreciate the time. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thank you so much. You have a good one. All right, we're joined by UFC lightweight Matt Frivola, who's back in action at UFC 263. Matt, how's it going? It's going good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Before you get any Friday, I just want to touch on your last one. Obviously, a ton of weird circumstances, like, you're supposed to fight Obman as Atar. Then all of a sudden, like he's off the fight, released from the UFC because he was sneaking people in. Like when that all happened, like what's kind of going through your head? Because you probably think you're no longer fighting. Yeah, man, it was crazy. It was like the uh, the day of weigh-ins. You know, I'm I'm cutting weight and I, I've got like two pounds to go. I'm about to do like my last uh, sauna session, and my my uh, coach and manager walks in, Matt Arroyo. 
and he he breaks the news to me and uh you know especially after 2020 i had a bunch of fights canceled i was i was in disbelief i couldn't believe that it was happening again you know i was i was really heartbroken but uh you know my team was there and uh they encouraged me and they they helped me uh cut that last two pounds they told me to cut the weight you know weigh in and uh and i'll be a replacement fighter and you know they were pumping me up saying you know I could be fighting uh, Michael Chandler. I could be fighting Dan Hooker. I could be fighting like you know one of the other like like big name uh, 155ers on the card, and uh, and then uh, you know we found out uh, that Armin's opponent didn't show up, and uh, you know we got a chance to go in there and uh, and fight a top guy like Armin. You know it, it was tough, you know, because I was I was preparing for uh, Otman, who's a boxer the whole time. And then, and then I get Armin thrown at me. He was a wrestler. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I would like that fight again with a full camp, you know, with a full camp to really prepare for his wrestling. I think that that fight goes different, but, uh, I was happy to just get in there and, uh, and fight, you know, and, and test myself against a high level guy like, uh, Armin. Well, yeah, that's what I want to touch on is obviously that's a totally different style. Like you couldn't get two more opposite kind of fighters like Ottman's trying to box and try to knock you in the first round and Armin's trying to just shoot for takedowns all the time and kind of grind you out so what kind of was that net because you guys obviously weighed in like you had almost about a day and a half after weigh-ins to the fight so what was that kind of time like were you even like studying Armin or was it just I just got to go in there and see what happens yeah you know I've been following Armin for a while I was actually uh I want to say it was like 2017 i was out in thailand at tiger muay thai training and armin was there and uh i actually got to like spar around with him so i was uh familiar with him uh but you know he didn't shoot a takedown during that sparring <laughs> round uh and and it was a good round and I, the I, you know the one thing i remember about that sparring round was uh he hit me with this spinning back kick that that like hit me good right in the chest so so and his striking was real good and uh so I knew he was good. And, uh, when we, when we got that fight booked, you know, I, I knew he was high level. And, uh, for some reason I thought he was going to strike with me more. Um, I think it was probably because of that sparring round we had, but he came out and, you know, he was shooting those takedowns on, on my first or second strike. And I could never really get my combos going. And, uh, you know, I, I should have at least mentally prepared for the wrestling from shooting more, um but you know hindsight's always always 50 50 so but it, you know again like uh every time i step into that octagon i'm i'm learning and i'm growing and uh it's been a while since i got the fight so i really got to go in there and shake the cobwebs off and uh and get it you know i didn't go all the way out to abu dhabi to not fight you know so i'm glad i got to fight and returning in june was this kind of the time frame you were looking for yeah, it was. Uh, I, you know, I, at first I wanted May, and then we didn't get May, and then of course, you know, I wanted June. Um, and uh, you know, we got this June twelfth fight. I, I got about seven, eight weeks notice, which is about average. You know, I always like to get more notice just to get, you know, more of a uh, a camp behind me. But I'm always training, and um, you know, to get the uh, pay per view card with fans. It's huge, you know. I'm I'm really excited about that to be going out to Arizona uh with a sold out arena, you know, on another pay per view card. 
Uh, so this will be like the f- the fourth time I'm fighting on a pay per view card. So I'm I'm excited about that. And uh, with the fans, you know, I'm I'm real happy. I got like you know 40, 40 of my buddies and family coming out to Arizona to uh, come watch these fights and uh, have you know a great uh, a great weekend like we used to do. And Frank Camacho, was this someone you had your eye on, or is it just who the UFC offered you? Yeah, you know, I've been watching uh, Camacho for a long time. And uh, I was supposed to fight him in 2020, but that fight got canceled for COVID. Uh, So, you know, I already did a whole fight camp uh, to prepare for him. And I I definitely wanted that fight back. You know, I prepared for him. And uh, I've been thinking about, you know, fighting him for a year now. So uh, I'm going to finally get to go in there and, uh, and you know, do what I've been pre- preparing to do. And, you know, he's, he's a tough guy. He's got over 30 fights. You know, he's a warrior. He's a gladiator. And so am I. So, you know, that's why this is going to be a great fight. You know, you got two, two gladiators in there that uh, are going to throw down. What have you made of Frank's recent skid? Like he's one and four in his last five, could probably fighting for his UFC job here. But you look at the guys he lost to, like Benil Darius, we just saw he's a top three lightweight now. Like Jeff Neal's dangerous at welterweight. Like Drew Dober, Li Jing Liang. Like he's only losing to guys that are now in the top fifteen, top ten in their divisions. Yeah, definitely. You know that that's the UFC. You know, every everybody in the UFC is going to be good, and uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna go on those skids, and and that just you know, makes me expect, uh, the best from him. You know, he, he's coming off, uh, those losses. So he's going to be preparing, uh, you know, I'm expecting the best Frank that, that there is out there. And, and, uh, you know, he's going to get the best steamroller there is. And, and that's why, uh, you know, it's going to be a great fight. Are these the kind of fights you like? Like this is similar to what the Auburn fight would have been. It just, you two kind of standing, not like there might be some takedowns, but it's probably like you know Frank, but he likes to stand and kind of trade with guys. Oh yeah, these are the fi- these are the fights that I live for. You know, uh, just uh, like I said before, you know he's a gladiator, and you know I'm gonna give him whatever he gladiator wants. You know, a glorious death in the arena. I'm gonna sp- spill his blood upon the sands, and uh, I know he's gonna be trying to do the same to me. So uh, that's that's what. That's what it's all about, you know, fighting, you know, another warrior in, on the, the world's biggest stage. And uh, I'm excited. How do you see this fight playing out? Because with Frank, like, he's kind of one of those live by the sword, die by the sword kind of guys, or he's going to either knock you out or he's kind of getting knocked out or finished himself. Yeah, you know, I, I see it uh, just being a great fight and uh, me being able to go out there and, uh, you know, showcase all my skills and uh, look like the best steamroller, you know, that that uh, you guys have ever seen. You know, I know I'm uh, capable of a lot more than I've showed. And uh, every time I get a fight in that octagon, uh, I get the chance to really showcase that. And that's what I plan on doing. Well, what do you think a win over Frank puts you in this division? Um, you know, I think it just keeps building momentum and that's what I need to do right now is just keep fighting and, uh, keep building that momentum and, uh, keep, uh, better myself, keep growing and, uh, you know, enjoy the ride. You kind of brought it up earlier, but 
this obviously card, it's a big card. Like you have two title fights, you have Nate Diaz on it. So there's going to be a lot of eyeballs. And then it's with fans. Like what's that kind of like for you to be back in front of a card with fans? Because I'm sure you saw what Houston, Jacksonville, like, like it was kind of crazy, all those fans back. And, and it seemed like the fighters kind of responded to that. And it was kind of a different kind of energy in there. Yeah, you just said it right there, the energy. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, just that the crowd's energy and, uh, you know, being able to put on a great fight in front of a live audience uh, is, is, you know, there's no no better feeling uh, than that. And, you know, my, my friends and my family are all flying out to Arizona uh, to be there. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I love most about fighting is, you know, a steamroller fight. The team rollers come out and uh, I go out there and I fight hard and then we party afterwards and it's a great time for everybody. So uh that's what i'm looking forward to all right what's the plan then get the win and stay in the arena and watch the rest of the fights or go back to the hotel with everyone um you know i'm uh definitely trying to get back into that arena and, and see my friends and family the the ufc doesn't usually let you uh go into the audience but uh hopefully we'll be able to finagle our way uh to uh all my buddies you know that my friends and family all got a suite so uh, they're going to have like a suite of like 40 people up there. So I'm, we're definitely going to find our way up to that suite and uh, enjoy the rest of the fights. Just a couple more things. When we talked before January, you kind of saying how active you want to be this year, just because of no fights in 2020. So well, what's kind of the rest of your like for you? Obviously fight June 12th. Like, what are you looking at? Probably to get, try to get two more in this year and get four fights this year. Yeah. You know, uh, I always got to take it one fight at a time. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I'm going to go out there and uh, get this big win. And then uh, we'll see what's after that. You know, the, the only thing after that I really have on the schedule is I'm getting married in September. So I've been I've been pushing a lot of stuff till after the fight about this wedding. So, you know, after this fight, got to really crack down and uh, and get this wedding squared away and then uh, and uh, marry my fiance. And uh, and we'll see. We'll see after that. Do you really care, like, who's next or, who, like, uh, call it or anything? Is it really just right now where you are, just whoever the UFC gives you and kind of work your way up the ranks? I definitely got a, a list of names on the hit list that I want to fight. And, uh, you know, I got – I got I definitely have to uh, give that that Ottman guy a, a, beat, a beating that he deserves. Um, so that's definitely a fight I want uh, down the road whether it's after Frank or whether it's down the road, you know, eventually uh, that guy needs to get humbled and I hope to be the one to do it. The big question around Aubin was what's it, what was in the bag? What, what were your kind of theories? A lot of people thought maybe it's something to help him with the weight cut. Cause one of his, I think it was his brother posted a picture of him. Like he looked like he was about to like die, like passing out. Like what were your kind of theories on what was in that? I mean, I think it was probably an IV but uh, to, you know, help him rehydrate or to hide the steroids that he's on or whatever. But, uh, you know, he said that he was he, – they were potatoes. That's, you know, the big joke is potatoes. But, uh, you know, and then Dana White let him back into the UFC. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I wanted that fight right when I heard that he got back, let back in the UFC. You know, I hit up my manager and we pushed to get that fight back, booked again. Um, but I guess he had Ramadan or something. Um, 
but you know maybe he ne- he needed the time to get the potatoes out of his system who knows um so you know we'll see we'll see what happens with him uh but eventually he's going to get the humbling that he needs uh, just last thing i was at my buddy's house a couple weeks ago we uh, watching rough and rowdy and then all of a sudden you and billy q are cornering your brother what was that kind of like oh my god that was awesome you know we turned it into my bachelor party so we had a, a crew out in uh, morgantown west virginia and uh it was real like a role reversal you know my usually uh it's it's me on the fight week and uh and this time it was my my twin brother who uh, was taking his first fight and uh you know, he, he trained hard for that. You know, he was working with me two, three times a week. And uh, I, I would invite all my buddies over uh, to, to box him, to give him that, like, unorthodox, like, wild man look. And uh, it was fun, man. We, uh, you know, I trained him. I prepared him well. And he went in there and he handled business and he beat that dude's ass. And, uh, you know, we had a great time in Morgantown. I, I got to meet the whole Barstool crew. Uh and uh you know it was it was a great weekend shout out to the cheese roller what's the plan for your brother is he gonna do more of those rough and rowdy or is he actually gonna try to look to get into fighting for real yeah we'll see i I told him that he's gotta at least uh get that rough and rowdy title before he retires but uh you know his his fiance wasn't about it uh so we need her to to uh sign off on it before uh we see the cheese roller back but We'll see, man. I, I see like all these celebrity boxing fights. You know, I saw Aaron Aaron Carter is boxing. I think Aaron Carter might pull the cheese roller out of retirement. I like that fight. You know, maybe maybe a cheese roller DJ Pauly D fight might pull him out. You know, like you said in that interview, if the bag's right, the cheese roll is coming to fight. All right, well, Matt, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, man. Thanks. All right, we're joined by UFC featherweight Steven Peterson, who's got a big fight coming up here at UFC 263. Steven, how's it going, man? It's going great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries. Obviously, we talked like uh, in January, end of January, early, uh, just before your fight, you were supposed to fight in February. You announced you're out of your fight, and you mentioned that interview. You want Chase Hooper next. You end up getting him on June 12th, but did you expect the UFC to give you Chase Hooper? No, I really didn't. Um... You know, when when he fought Alex Russ, they, or um, no, Alex Caceres, uh, they, they said, you know, it was kind of a mismatch, and or at least the commentators did, and uh, they, they weren't too fond of that. But, uh, you know, I feel like I'm a lot worse of a matchup for uh, Chase Hooper. I thought they were kind of protecting him, but I guess it's time to either sink or swim. Obviously, Chase Hooper, you kind of know what it is. It's He goes for those Imanari roles. He tries to get a hold of your leg, but... On the feet, like he gets hit a lot. Like Caceres was hitting him a lot. Even Tamer was hitting him a lot. Peter Bear was hitting him a lot. Is that is that basically the whole game plan? Is to kind of get out of those Imanari roles and it's just kind of free sailing when you're on the feet with them. Yeah, I don't care how good of a jujitsu practitioner you are. You don't want to get caught in the Imanari role. That's just uh, <laughs> uh, something you want to avoid. Like somebody going after your legs, you you kind of want to get your legs out of there. So uh, yeah, I plan on hitting them. I plan on hitting them a lot, and uh, I plan on just totally beating him down with violence, just breaking him down over the first round and taking him out towards the end of the first round. His last fight, he obviously was a good comeback getting that third round submission, but he was getting beat up those first two rounds against Peter Barrett, a guy that's not even in the UFC anymore. Like, what did you make of his last fight? 
Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was entertaining, but uh, uh, I mean. I give it to the kid. He pulled it off. He he got the win. I, I have a fight when I was about 21, uh, maybe 22, where uh, I was getting the crap beat out of me for the first two rounds. I was dropped, uh, I think, twice in the first and once in the second. And I came back in the second and it won that fight by Uma Plata. So, so I, I know what that feels like. But, uh, yeah, he, just, he looked sloppy the, the whole – first and second round and then uh he was able to land that Imanari role which was uh it was slick uh you got to give it to the kid uh but I, I don't think he's gonna have an opportunity to do something like that against me i think uh, i'm way too violent for him and i'm gonna take him out in the ufc everyone kind of knows you as this striker and a guy with knock power but coming up on the regional scene you were gra- like you had a lot of success grappling wise like do you kind of think people have forgotten about your grappling and how good you are on the ground they really have. It's like uh, MMA fans, even even the the media and uh, and even the the matchmaker. Everybody's got a real short memory uh, when it comes to MMA. But shoot, I was I was this kid's age one time, and I was I was doing real cool things as well. So uh, I I started off as kind of a uh, a brawler, learned a little bit of boxing, and then uh, learned some jujitsu and. Uh, those tricks that I learned in jiu-jitsu won me some really fight, uh, good fights and uh, really fast. I, I have a, a minute 24 – I have a 24-second submission. I have a 59-second submission. And I have a minute 60. Uh, so, obviously, with a Hooper, like, you kind of know the gameplay, but how do you see this fight playing out? Because credit to Hooper, like – as much as he gets hit, he, he hasn't been knocked out. Caceres rocked him a couple times. Tamer landed some good shots, but he has shown off a good enough chin where he's not getting put out. Yeah, he's got a pretty good chin, but uh, the thing I've noticed is these guys are scared to go to the ground with him. Alex, uh, Alex Caceres put him down pretty dirty, and he, he looked like he was on Queer Street. Uh, I think it was one or two more shots would have put him out. I'm, I'm that dude. If I knock him down, I'm going to hop on him. I'm going to put him away. Uh, I'm not afraid to go to the ground with this kid. So uh, this he's in for a hell of a fight. How much pressure are you putting on yourself? Just because you haven't fought since September 2019. You were in MMA a lot. You kind of know it's a what have you done for me lately sport. Like people forget about you very quickly, even though your last fight was a highlight real one. Yeah, I mean, really, there's no pressure. I, I'm doing what I love. And uh, pressure is when, when you, you kind of... You, you, you kind of put that on yourself. You're like, I have to win. I have to win. But no, I'm, I'm not thinking about the uh, the outcome or the destination. And I'm just enjoying uh, the whole process. I'm enjoying the training camp. I'm enjoying being healthy, feeling good. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting in the octagon and just going in there, taking it in, showcasing my skills and taking this kid out. I mean, I, I'm confident that I have the skills to take him out. Uh, if he puts me in danger, then that's even worse for him. Uh, I'm the kind of guy where you come at me, you try to hurt me, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to, I'm going to hurt you bad. So uh, I'm just going to go in there, have fun, and uh, you know, let my fighting do the talking. What do you think a win over Chase, especially if you get a, a knockout or a submission? Or, yeah, like maybe you might even go out and tap this guy, but well, what do you think a win over him does for you? Because he has a lot of hype. Um, yeah, it, it definitely gets me the hype that I feel I deserve. Uh, I, like, I've been fighting for 13 years. Uh, I, I feel like he has 
everything that I deserve that I've been working for. He's making just as much, if not more. I saw one check he got paid twenty nine and twenty nine, and he's he's getting paid more than me. So I feel like I deserve that. So I'm gonna go out there and prove that I deserve it. And I think a win over Chase Hooper gets me what I deserve. Is this a although he hasn't been finished? Is this one you think you can go out there and get the stoppage? A hundred percent. I'm confident I'm gonna take him out in the first round. If it doesn't happen, I'm gonna keep going. I, this is a one round fight for me. I'm I'm not. I don't fight to try to win a decision. Uh, the goal is to go in the cage and take the guy out. So uh, every round's a new round. I'm going in there to take the kid out. I'm not trying to win a, uh, a decision. Would part of you want to rock him and then try to submit him? Just like, because we saw Anthony Hernandez submit Rodolfo Vieira and everyone was kind of shocked just because he was considered the way better grappler. Like, is part of you thinking of that? Like, man, maybe I might try and go tap him out just to kind of show how good a grappler I am. Most definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a complete mixed martial artist. Uh, whatever he gives me, I'm going to take it. Uh, and if that be a submission, I'll take that. Uh, if I go in there and I rock him and then he, he leaves himself open, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to uh, pick and choose the way I take him out. I'm going to go out there and take what he gives me. Did you see the odds on your fight? Uh, I saw the opening odds. Um uh, uh, I was I was the favorite, which is you know it, exactly what I would expect. Um, I saw uh, on Tapology a lot of people are expecting me to lose, but uh, that's even better. I I love pr- proving people wrong. I love being the bad guy. I love being the underdog. All that stuff fires me up. So that uh, yeah, yeah, bring it, man. Uh, I don't care care what the the fans or the the odds makers say is going to happen i'm the one that gets to go in there and decide that so why would i give them any power the power's in my hands i actually thought you'd be the underdog just because hooper gets so much kind of bad like if you look at it, he was like a 250 favorite over Casares. you, you could like, tell yeah you could tell they did their homework on me because yeah uh, yeah I, I figured i'd be the underdog i was like oh that's so perfect for all my fans like they're gonna bet me up and fighting on this card, like, what's it like to you for you to be on this card with fans in Arizona, like a massive kind of event? There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this. I I live for the fans. That's this is why I fight. I I couldn't imagine fighting in front of no crowd. Um, it's just ridiculous. I, I'm I'm so excited to fight in front of a crowd on such a hyped card. I just I wish I was on the main card, but. Uh, it, it's such a sad card. I, I got to accept uh, where I'm at in my career and uh, just work to be, uh, you know, a, a more staple fighter. Who, who are you working with for this camp? Obviously a lot of good fighters of force. I know you're really close with Fernie. He, he's got to get on the contender series this summer though. Yeah. Fernie needs to get on the contender series. I've been working with Fernie for uh, quite a while, but uh, he, he's not really a good look for this fight as far as size and, uh, yeah. and style. But uh yeah, I've been working with Stephen Wynn. He's a taller striker and uh, and uh, some jiu-jitsu guys as well. I'm not going to name too many, but I've worked with Tony Mack on my boxing. Uh, Coach Sace, the general, he keeps me in check and makes sure I'm uh, I'm always on point. So uh, I've been grinding, and, and Fortis is, is stacked, man. I don't want to leave anybody out, so I'm just going to leave it at that. My, my main training partner right now, uh, Stephen Wynn, he'll be in my corner as well. I don't know if he's back in the gym, but if you gotten to roll with Diego, because I assume he's probably a good luck, just how high level his jujitsu is to prepare for Chase. 
Yeah, I've gotten to roll with him in the past, but uh, yeah, he's not back in the gym yet. Uh, we got a lot of high level guys as well, yeah. but Diego's always a, a really good role. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love that dude, and I, I can't wait for him to get back and, and bounce back from that loss. Obviously, you didn't fight at all last year. Like, you get your hand raised here. Like, how quickly do you want to turn this thing around? Because I assume you want to be pretty active this year. I, I want to get at least two more by the end of the year. This one plus at least two more. Um, I know we're already halfway through the year, but uh, I like to stay active. And now that I'm healthy, uh, let's get this thing on a roll, baby. I need to get this get this finish and then uh, one more finish. And now we can start talking about some real big fights. With uh, the fight not being at the Apex where they had most of the cards, you don't think that's a advantage for you because now you're in that 30-foot octagon, not the 25 one? Because 25-foot octagon, like... Chase Hoover has less room to kind of try to close the distance where 30 feet, like he has to come in, he has to move around and, and try to get inside. And you could kind of uh, use your footwork to get away from those rolls. Yeah. I mean, ha- having a crowd is in my favor. Uh, having the bigger octagons in my favor. Uh, I- I'm just, I'm just excited to get back in there and, and, and perform for the people. Uh, that's what I do it for. And, and uh, I just can't wait. All right, we're joined by UFC lightweight Frank Kamako, who's back in action. Frank, how's it going, man? Man, good, Cole. Very good. Thanks for thanks for having me on the show, dude. Yeah, I appreciate you doing this on your birthday, nonetheless. I got a message from your manager <laughs> to say, uh, make sure you tell Frank happy birthday. So happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Freaking 30, 32? Crazy. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um. Obviously, your last fight didn't go your way. It just you were supposed to fight uh, Matt Frivola actually on that card, and then it got switched to Justin James. And then, uh, like, what do you take away from that fight? Just because it was such a quick fight, and it was kind of just a wild fight for how long it lasted. Um, that was kind of like all my fights. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, yeah. You know, if anything, I think uh, my take on it was like, well, the the apex was just a whole different thing. You know, I. Dude, I, I love the crowd. I'll, I'll, I'll put my hands up and freaking get the crowd going, you know. And I mean, it's, it's what I've always been, uh, I, I've always fantasized about during fights, you know what I mean, and fighting in the UFC. Um, and if anything, I think Justin James, uh, man, he was, he just stayed lower and he he cracked me with some good shots, you know what I mean? But um, I I knew, though, that I was going to, somehow, some way that we would run it back or I would run into uh, Frivolo again. Almost a year off. Like you fought last uh, June twentieth, fighting June twelfth year. You're supposed to fight Brock Weaver in September. Like, what kind of caused the layoff? Like, was this always planned, or is this something that like injuries kind of forced you out? No. Um. So I was supposed to fight Brock, but and then I tested positive for COVID. You know. So then that thing happened, and then I stayed back in Cali for about like three, four weeks trying to get another fight. You know um just things never really materialized i think they they already booked the cards and i was just kind of like uh holidays are coming uh you know let me let me get back in i was you know i was looking at trying to get back earlier this year but uh i guess june opened up and asia dude i'm, I'm kind of glad because you now we're fighting with a crowd yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Like, silver lining of this is it you're not at the Apex, you're in Arizona, sold out yeah. arena. Like, you've probably watched the Jacksonville and Houston cards. Like, oh. it's just a different kind of fight and energy when you get the full of the crowd, especially now after not having it for a year. It seems totally different. Yeah, you know, so what is so cool because 
you know, for Vol and I, we're 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 gonna be early on in the card, you know. So seeing Jacksonville, seeing Houston, how it's pretty. There's a pretty good amount of people by uh, the prelims. It's gonna be good. You kind of mentioned you always thought you were gonna fight for Vol again. Like, was that just because it got canceled so late? You thought, or is that just a matchup you like? The UFC seems to like, and they're gonna rebook. Well, Sean Shelby, you know, you, if you really just look at this fight, you know, Sean, you you see what Sean Shelby's doing with this one, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I guess I would say like at at my like ranking tier level. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was bound to, it was bound to happen, you know, like I'll, I'm bound to fight him down the line for sure. His last fight, how much stock do you put into it? Just cause he was supposed to fight Otman as Atar and then that whole kind of thing where he was sneaking in that stuff on the fight out and got released and then he ended up fighting Armin like on way in day they made the fight. So do you even really look at that loss? Like, or do you just kind of push that out when you can't really take too much away from it? Um, you know, because I, I think both of their opponents pulled out, right? Yeah. You know, so, so it was kind of like they kind of just went in there raw with what they got. You know what I mean? Uh, you know he, that that guy was a good wrestler. Um, Favola is always steamrolling nonstop. You know, and I just thought, uh, not maybe not so much, but yeah, no, I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I don't, I don't really, yeah, not at all. Well, UFC have a two-inch reach advantage, but you're a guy that you're going to th- kind of throw down a mind Is that kind of what you're hoping for in this fight is is a striking battle, or do you think he's going to try to take you down at some point? Um, you know what it is? It, it seems like it, it seems like like when 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 he does get hurt, you know, he does go go for go for takedowns, um, and his and his and his takedowns are good. You know, he's just nonstop. You know, if anything, like his gas tank and his cardio is a secret weapon. So. You know, I I just plan to, to to do my thing. You see my fights, you know, you just get in his face and, and 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 make it a fight. How do you see this fight playing out? You know, you know, you know. What's so crazy is that my my two previous losses, right? My my loss to Benil, uh, within the first round. My loss to Justin James within the first round. My September fight being canceled. You know, honestly, I'm just fantasizing about a three round freaking war. I just want that. Just give me that. Just give me, just, you know, let me, give me, give me, let me make up my time in there. You know what I mean? And in the event it doesn't happen that way, you know, and, 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 uh, and a finish comes, hey, I'll take that. But I'm, I'm just, as a competitor and as a fighter, I just, I'm fantasizing about that. Uh, obviously, you are one and four in your last five, but you look at who you lost to. It's Benil Dariush, who's the number three lightweight. We just saw him dominate Tony Ferguson. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Jeff Neal, who's on one of like a top fifteen welterweight. Uh, Drew Dober, who's a really good lightweight. Like, so how much do you take away from those losses? Because you were fighting like elite guys that are in the top ten of divisions when they weren't even ranked and they were kind of starting their yeah. uh, trend up the division. Um. Well, you know, I never really thought of that since you know since you mentioned it. <laughs> but um I just I I truly believe that I'm up there, you know. I can compete with these guys and it was it was you know fighting all those guys and and you know the results that we got, right? Were were not that great, but you know with the loss, but I I feel that you know just with with proper adjustments dude, I'm I'm you know I'm right there, you know. I'm 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 in the organization 
to 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 climb the ranks and not just to kind of like hang out and get some good fights or whatever you know what i mean so thinking about it now yeah it's it's like a, it's like a confidence booster if anything but i mean i'm i don't ever want to fight jeff neal ever again but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh man, great great guy. I was, and i'm also too very blessed to, to to fight really good uh really good guys and um, you know, down the line, would love to work my way up and earn my earn my way to to be fighting Dober again and to to be fighting Benil again. Uh, obviously, you're no stranger to the game. Like you know, losing three in the row, three in a row in the UFC is never good. So, like, how much? Like, do you kind of think this is a fight that could be do or die for your UFC career? Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, like I'll be lying if there's no pressure. You know what I mean? Like I was feeling the pressure in September because it, it was my fight, my last fight on my contract, and you know, and 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 I don't want to, you know, three losses is devastating. You know what I mean? So at the same time, you know, I don't want any of that to kind of like t- tailor my my game. So I'm just gonna go in there and do what the crank does. You know? It, it, did you uh, resign or is it still like only have one fight left in your deal? I have one more fight on my deal. Oh, so they they're just kind of kind of gonna see what happens with this one yeah yeah so so for me it's kind of like oh i need i need to get that w i need to i need to get that w of flying you know with for like he's a guy that he was on that he beat Jalen turner beat luis pena like he and then he has a draw against uh lando venata who's always game so like what do you think a win over him does for you and puts you in the division um I think I think a win over him is is yeah it's great in the division but I I'm really just looking at this one for myself like like as a martial artist and as a as a fighter and a competitor um, just getting that win man and and just getting that that just getting in there and 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 just proving to myself that hey you know like yeah I still got it. Where is a uh, training for you right now? Are you at home or are you out in the states? No, so I'm I'm here in Irvine. I I do my camps with uh with Timoyama. Oh, the like uh, that's like uh, Alex Perez and uh, Luis yeah. Mocha and all them. Yeah. 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 So, so I'm I'm actually staying at Alex's place. Uh, something I also want to touch on is obviously with the crowd. Like you're a guy that's a fan favorite with the crowd. Like, do you think that's gonna just only benefit you is keep feeling that roar of the crowd when you're in there again? Um, yeah, I guess you can say benefits or it doesn't or whatever, but it's just something that I've, I've always like thought about doing, you know, like, you know, you know, prior on my road to fighting in the UFC, it's always been, oh man, I can't imagine walking. You know, I come from a small island, you know, the, the promotions that I started fighting in were like 100, 200, 500, maybe like 2000, you know, so like coming to like a 15,000 like arena, it's like, wow, this is this is all I've been freaking dreaming about, you know? So, yeah. And I guess it's just the experience, you know, personally for me, uh, you know, that I could take on forever and tell stories and, and, you know, all these lessons learned for my kids. You look at this card, like it, it's one of the best cards I'm going to do. Like the two title fights and Diaz, Leon Edwards, like even the prelims, there's a lot of good fights. Like, like Eric Andrews, Dan Stewart should be a good one. Like, Chase do, do, uh, Dober and Rigel. Rigel. Dude. Dude. So it's actually when I saw, when I saw that fight, I messaged Dober and then Dober actually messaged me. I was like, Hey, I was like, damn, this sucks, dude. Freaking that's, that's, that's one bonus out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that was literally my next question. You look at this card like it, it does it kind of take some of the wind out of your sails. You're like, man, how the hell am I supposed to get a bonus on this card? 
Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, truthfully, I'm not really hunting for the bonuses. They kind of like, you know, the, my, my first three, they just kind of came. But I kind of look at it as they're on the card of me. Yeah. <laughs> with uh, it being in Arizona with fans, are you hoping after your fight, get back into the arena somehow and watch these fights as a fans? Because there's a lot of entertaining fights on this card. I definitely want to watch all the fights. Uh, usually, uh, man, with, with with the whole COVID thing, everything changes, you know? So I don't know what's going to happen if we have to shuttle us back to the hotel or, you know, what. Or I, I, I really don't know how they're going to do it, you know, with a crowd. But definitely going to watch all those fights. Uh, just last thing, like, obviously, it's been a year off for you. So everything goes your way here. Like, how quickly do you want to turn this thing around? Because I assume you probably want to be pretty active. But I guess the contract negotiations have to come first. Of course, you know, but, um, you know, I'm I'm not your, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. You know, today's, you know, like you said, today's my birthday. I, I prefer to, you know, knock on wood, you know, no injuries, no nothing. And, you know, with a good win, get back in there and, you know, fight one more time this year. Two more times if I'm lucky. Um, you know, just, just having fights always just kind of helps me keep to continue to, to you know, to really sharpen that sword. Actually, just one more quick thing. Are you planning on going back home uh, after this fight, or, is, or are you just going to be in the States for here on out? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, go, yeah, that's the plan. Uh, the wifey's coming out, and we're, you know, we're going to watch. She's going to watch the fight. We're going to stay back for about maybe like a week and hang out with the team and see some family. And then, uh, yeah, go back home. But, you know, eventually the goal is like uh, is to get this W. And, you know, if there's a bonus on it, you know, make the move and move my family here to, to, to Irvine so that I could train here full time. All right. Well, Frank, man, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks for doing this. Cool. Thank you, brother. Yeah.